Let's begin our time with a word of prayer. Oh, great God, you deserve the highest praise. There is no one besides you. You alone are the Holy One, the one who made us, sustains us, and is worthy of all of our affection. And so we confess that uh, we don't give that to you as you deserve um, more often than not. And so we're thankful for your grace. We're thankful that uh, the Lord Jesus has uh, stood on our behalf um, and, and taken the place of our sin. And so uh, we're thankful for that because on a daily basis, we need the reminder of uh, the grace that you've bestowed upon us. We need your grace daily. We thank you for the cross and all that it accomplished for us, and, and especially when it comes to peace. And so this morning, we just ask that you would speak to us from your word, um, that you would open our eyes to see and open our ears to hear and our hearts to believe as you um, speak to us. We want to honor you with this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to read from Psalm 119 with you. I'm going to read the entire section. We're going to focus in on one verse here. Uh, one, Psalm 119, beginning at verse 161 uh, through 168. Just this section, looking specifically at 165 this morning. Let's hear God's word. Psalm 119, 161. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word, like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope in your salvation, O Lord. And I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies. For all my ways are before you. Looking again at verse 165. It says, Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing can make them stumble. Great Peace. It's amazing because here it suggests that those who love the word of God are, are the ones who have great peace. But if you know anything about yourself before uh, your relationship with the Lord Jesus or those people that you know who don't trust in Christ, sometimes there is a sense of peace. They're, they're, they're at peace with their decisions. They're at peace with their life. They're at peace with their family and their bank account and whatever they just seem to be at peace it doesn't seem like there is any turmoil within them or any hostility uh, maybe even in their life or or in your life before christ and and so it's a wonder that here it says this peace is for those who love uh, god's law the ones who ultimately love god how is it that this great peace is different well, it's amazing because this great peace shatters and disturbs any peace that comes before it. Any peace that ultimately we're going to see is counterfeit. It's a counterfeit peace. It's a peace that God condemned when, when the prophets would cry, peace, peace, when there was no peace. When they said, you are okay. All is okay because, look at you're, you're healthy, you're happy. 
you know, you, you, things seem to be going well. And it's devastating because that's what people around us are looking to and saying, this is peace. And sometimes they actually pick that up from us when we say, hey, as long as my kid is healthy and happy, I'm glad, you know. And it's interesting because we get this false sense of that's what peace really is, is if you're healthy and happy and you have a job, that that's peace and so you're doing okay. When we know ultimately that is not true peace because it can be shaken, it can be taken away. It is based upon something which is circumstantial. And if the circumstance changes, the peace will disappear. Now that kind of peace is not great. It does for the time. It is, it is masquerading what is really behind is, is, a, is a real sense of uh, a fear that this peace might go at any moment. It, it really unmasks the absolute faith that someone needs to have in the thing. You know, they're really trusting in their health, if that's their sense of peace. And they're really trusting in uh, their bank, if that's the peace they have. And so it's, it's a masquerade. It's just covering up a sense of, if, if a person truly evaluates, a sense of fear. The amazing thing about the Word of God is that it begins to tear down this false sense of peace and, and rip apart and take the mask off this peace which is based in anything other than God Himself as discovered in His Word in a relationship with Him. This peace shatters false peace. The, the false peace of self-satisfaction. Oftentimes, we're just carrying on. We're satisfied with ourselves. We're satisfied with our life. We're satisfied with our own religion, our own belief. And we, how many people do you know are self-satisfied thinking they are going to heaven? They're self-satisfied. Well, what does the Word of God do but shatter self-satisfaction? It's a good thing it does because it gives us great peace instead. This is great in terms of its quantity. The peace of God is great in its quantity. It is more peace than any other offers. The vastness of this peace covers over all things when all the counterfeit things that bring a sense of peace only cover that area. You might have peace over your health because it's good at this time, but you might not have peace in the area of your finances. You might have peace in um, your relationship with your kids, but your pe- you don't have peace with your relationship with your spouse. And so all the, the, the false peace that the world has to offer, uh, it doesn't cover the vastness of our life. It doesn't cover every relationship at all times equally. And it doesn't cover your finances and your health Always, the vastness cannot reach, but this peace is great in terms of its coverage. It covers over all areas of life. It brings a sense of satisfaction and contentment in all areas of life when it is had, when it is held on to. This peace is great in its quantity, also in its endlessness. It is uh, not um, a, a, uh, a pool that is going to run dry, but it is a living 
spring that will ever flow. The peace won't end. And the peace is also timeless. It's not just for a season. It is eternal. This peace that is, it is great in its quantity is that it can never run out. It does not, uh, not cover some area of your life. It is great in its quantity, but it's also great in its quality. It is not counterfeit. How sad it is when we discover something that is counterfeit, something that we've been uh, lied to about. It, it, it shatters us. It distracts us. It throws us off when, when we face some sort of disappointment in our relationship. You know, this, people talk about rose-colored glasses in a marriage, right? Like the honeymoon stage. And, and that's, you know, that applies to, I think, every relationship where people think, oh, well, it's just so fresh. You, you don't see it yet. You don't know yet. You haven't experienced anything yet to get through this stage. It happens in marriage relationships, in friendships, in church relationships. And, and uh, the reality is what we're looking at there is this false or a counterfeit sense of peace. Like, if I just get married then everything's going to be great. You know, I'm going to have a real sense of security forever, and I'm going to have a real sense of trust forever. And that may be true by God's grace, but sometimes it might not be. And days might come that are hard and difficult, and that peace, if you're looking to that, will be shaken. And so you realize, ultimately, if I try to find peace there, in my marriage, in my parenting, in my church relationships, if that's my source of peace and comfort and security and contentment, it's a counterfeit. It's not sufficient to sustain. The quality of a counterfeit is rubbish. It might look good for a time, but when it comes to its value, ultimately it'll fail you. It'll let you down. This peace is great in its quality in that it is real. And that it is genuine. This peace, according to um, Isaiah 23, 6, is the perfect peace. It, it says in verse 3 of Isaiah 26, it says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The one who trusts in the word of God has perfect peace. There is no element of the peace that is counterfeit or or disingenuine, or anything like that. It is perfect, complete, whole, valuable. This is how the peace is great that comes from God. This is the peace that is great in quantity and great in quality that shatters all false peace. It shatters the counterfeits. This peace is what? What is this peace? A peace is a ceasing. If you think of the word peace, you think of the, the 60s, and peace is just a, a ceasing or a stopping of hostility. We just want love and acceptance. We want no war, no disagreement. Peace in that sense. Well, you know what? This peace, this great peace, as we said earlier, it, it actually, in its quantity, is, covers the vastness of all things. It does, in fact, cover neighborly relationships. 
It does, in fact, cover um, your relationship with God and your conscience. So first, think about how this great peace impacts neighborly relationships. Well, reality is, is if your self-satisfaction uh, has been crushed and, and shattered and you've latched on to what God has offered in the gospel. You, you've stopped trusting in yourself. You've stopped trusting in your own ways and doing things for your own benefit or, or to just feel good about yourselves. And you've started just obeying God for the sake of God's glory and for loving him and obeying his commandments. Well, if you remember what Jesus said, the two greatest commandments are is love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And so you begin to see that this peace, this relationship with God actually transforms the relationship with other people. Other people in your household, your spouse, your children, your extended family members, other people in your neighborhood, other people in your country who you disagree with, other people in this world who are vastly different than you. There can be a great peace when you have this gospel truth transforming your life, a, a truth that says, humble yourself, a truth that says, serve others, a truth that says, um, don't look down on others because they are different than you, a truth that says, uh, speak the truth in love, in love. This great peace, it, it, it transforms our relationships with other, peace, with other people, the, the hostility is lowered because, and if, only if, firstly, we have this great peace with God. We were at war with God. When we insisted on our own ways, we still often do that, don't get me wrong, but when that was our, our will, when that was our goal, when that was our nature, and, and everything in us was, was just conforming to the nature, the sin nature in us, the flesh nature, where we just followed everything we desired, everything our heart wanted, we said yes to. And I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I get that thing so that I can be satisfied. That is hostility to God. That is waging war at God because God says, this is what's good for you ultimately. This is what's going to be satisfying for you ultimately. And when you say no, you've put yourself as an enemy of God. You're at war with God. You're in hostility towards God. And so the great peace that is spoken of here comes from a love of the word of God. We love the word because it shatters our false peace. It, it, it exposes the counterfeit peace. It, it may be sometimes the word of God just leaves you disappointed because you thought that you could trust in earthly wisdom or man or, 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 or chariots and horses, your government. You thought you could trust in all these things. The word of God shatters that. It, it, it destroys it. And, and so the more we love that, the more we realize that, the more we're in it, it's breaking down the counterfeit showing the falsehood, and then leaving you with a space where you say, okay, if that's what I thought was peace and now it's crumbling as I, as I read the word of God and I'm, my eyes are being opened to the world around me, I'm seeing all that is crumbling, it leaves you with a longing for true peace. Where is true peace? 
Where can it be found? Where can reconciliation be found? And the Bible points you again and again to a, a reconciled relationship to God. A relationship that was once at war, now made right. And so, by God's grace, we, we, we have that in our hearts. We say, okay, I want to be made right with God. Well, how do we do it? Well, we know that so many people try pursuing a, a religion, a checklist. You know, if I just do these ten things, I'll, then I'll be right with God. Well, again... As we love the word of God and as the word is exposed to us and, and opened up in our hearts, we realize that that system is also just a false peace. The more we love the word of God, the more we dig and say, I want to find true peace. Where is this peace found? We know that the peace is found in and through Christ. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God through Christ. That relationship that was once broken, once enemy, is now reconciled. It's now repaired. It's now redeemed. That comes only through the blood of Christ when he takes away our sin. When he has our sin paid for in himself then we are able to enter back into a relationship with God that is adoption that is family that is forgiveness we enter through Christ alone by faith alone in Christ alone on his merit alone and when we look to his merit and all that he has done when, when that is where our peace is found, that's where our assurance is found, that's where the word of God points us again and again to the perfect Messiah. When we go there, then you realize this peace is never going to fade. This peace can never be shaken. This peace is not circumstantial. If it is, it was on the circumstance of the cross, which is set in stone, and Jesus said, it is finished. This peace is secure. It is great in its quantity, in its vastness, in what it covers, and it's great in its quality because Christ has accomplished it. God himself in the man, Jesus Christ. God, man. Jesus came into the world to, to, to be our intermediary, to be our mediator, to be the one to repair humanity with God if we come through him. It's a beautiful thing. That's why the gospel is good news, because we who are once enemies can now be made friends and family. So this peace is a ceasing of hostility towards God, but not because of something we were able to accomplish. If it was, it would also be a false peace. Because we flip-flop. You might make one good choice today, but one bad one tomorrow. A really bad one. And so we don't want to base our sense of peace on a decision that we have made or, or a set of things that we have done. We want to base it on, on something that Christ, God, has done. So we point to Christ for a sense of peace, and that's where we can say, it's great. The only way we get that sense, though, is from a love of the word, from a, a devouring of this word. We love the law because it exposes us, but then it also shows us 
true peace. Peace is about ceasing of hostility. Peace is about being accepted. Peace is about wholeness. Peace is about ease of access. And peace is about happiness and freedom. If you are at peace, there is freedom. There is no war. And if you are free, then you are happy. Truly happy. It's not a false or a counterfeit happiness. If you want to be truly happy, then realize, truly realize, grasp your peace with God all the more. True happiness will flow. This peace is a steady trust in storms. If storms come, we can have peace, a steady trust in our hearts by faith. Because we, we trust God. We've learned to trust Him. And that only comes through a love of the Word of God. Without this love, we won't know the depth of the peace. We won't know the vastness, the greatness of the peace with, that we have with God. It says, Great peace have those who love your law. And listen to the second part. Nothing can make them stumble. Nothing can make them stumble. These people who love your law. You, you realize your grasp of or your enjoyment of the peace is directly related to your love for the word. If you, if you maybe, as you're evaluating, thinking like, I'm not sure if I understand or like, if I get it or if I believe that I have this peace with God, like I don't, sometimes I still feel at war with him or this hostility towards me, towards him or towards other people. What you're going to see is it's related to your love for the word. The more you love the word, the more you're going to devour the word, study the word, memorize the word, believe the word, trust the word, which says you are at peace. You are at peace with God, and therefore that should transform you by His power to be increasingly at peace with others as you love them, serve them. It doesn't mean we don't disagree with people in this life or in this world. We absolutely do. But in your heart, uh, is there a, a true, not a false counterfeit? Because, man, there are really contentious people out there who are at peace with their own decisions. But as you would know, that is a false peace. Here we're talking about a true contentment, a true satisfaction in trusting God. It's directly related to your love for the Word. They love your law. And because of that, nothing can make them stumble. What, what can normally make people stumble or make people fear? Well, if your health diminishes... Yeah, where's your peace now? Where's your contentment? Where's your satisfaction, your happiness, your freedom, your ease, your, your feeling of wholeness? If you feel hostility within you, like that can often happen if our health diminishes. You get a diagnosis. You, you, you kind of get a glimpse into the future. You walk by a graveyard and you think, yeah, that's going to be me one day. And it's likely going to be through a struggle, through, through something that's difficult for my body. And so you realize, like, that could rob you of peace, only if it's counterfeit. It, it could. It could shake you. 
It could distract you. Or, or maybe your finances could shake you up, cause you to stumble, a worry. You know, will we ever be able to afford X? It's hard to make ends meet over here. Things cause people to stumble, shake up, and there's that, that real sense of peace and trust and contentment and satisfaction might be on the line with relationships, with spousal relationships. Time goes on. Arguments happen. Bitterness builds. Will there ever be peace? And is this going to make you stumble, maybe distract you in your life and in your faith, in your even walk with God, your relationships? For church inconsistencies or hypocrites that you've seen, people in the news, people you know who are inconsistent, does that break the, the, the peace in your heart when it comes to thinking of like, you know, can you trust any church? Is any church going to be sufficient for the job? All of these things could make you stumble if you trusted in them. Or if you looked to them to bring you the peace that you're supposed to have. Your, your steady feet. But here it says nothing can make them stumble. No health issue in your life or your family's life. No financial issue. No relationship issue in, in your marriage or your church. None of this. No calamity, no um, terrorist attack, no virus, no natural disaster. Nothing can make you stumble or, or divert your attention or distract you from the great peace you have in God. If it's from your love of the word and it's genuine. It's, uh, this peace comes from the idea of us not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, every, every new teaching that comes in or, or goes out. We're not shaken. We're not diverted. We're not distracted. And that's the whole point of us being growing up in a maturity in Christ. And that's why the church exists, to be able to encourage one another. Yes, to glorify God. And in that, one of those ways is by equipping one another and encouraging one another and serving one another to mature manhood, as it says in Ephesians 4, until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, we speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into Christ who is the head. So there... In our maturing and in our encouraging one another to mature, it's in Christ. It's in our unity in the faith. We don't point to and say, look, there's a better example of a church. Or here's a better example of a relationship. Or here's financial freedom. We don't, we don't ultimately point each other there. We point each other to Christ. And, and Him on His throne. That He would be our head, our guide, our leader. In our marriage, in our finances, at our church, but ultimately Christ as the head of your life, as the Lord of your life. Love him. Love his law, which leads you there, which leads you to this great peace so that you're not shaken. You will not stumble. The way Jonathan Edwards translates this verse, he, he, he finishes it by saying, so a great peace have those who love your law. And then he says, and they... Uh, and they meet with nothing that can divert them from it. Like you meet with nothing. Like nothing comes in your way that can divert you from that great peace. Nothing can distract you. 
Nothing can take you off its path when you realize this great peace is not something to be had here in a moment for a time from a system. This great peace comes from God and knowing God through the Lord Jesus Christ. He made peace by reconciling us on the cross. It's amazing. Made peace. You were at war. You were hostile to God in your sin and even your sin nature still to this day wages war against God. But you, if you're in Christ, are at peace with God. The, the struggle that we have, I think, sometimes is, is truly believing that, like actually having faith in that because we don't feel it sometimes. We don't feel it. We don't have that real sense of when you think of the word peace, you think of rest and awe and ease and freedom. And I think we don't feel that on a daily basis. And so maybe we forget the greatness of this peace, this true peace. And maybe we get distracted by the things that have disappointed us. And we don't have this steady trust in the peace that we have in God. And, and maybe we don't think about it enough, we don't read about it enough, we don't focus about it enough as you read the Word of God, as you see the, the people of God, the, the, the genuine people of God throughout the entirety of Scripture have this, like, it's a steadiness, isn't it? it it's a peace, and, and it's not based on a season. It's not based on a circumstance. It's based on God. And, and so for you and me, as things come and things go, seasons pass, seasons will come that are more difficult, I guarantee it. Can you have peace? Peace comes through a love of the word that, that exposes our false sense of peace and it, it exalts the true and great peace that is had with a relationship with, with God, a repaired relationship with God, a growing relationship with God. Your experiencing of this peace, of this great peace, is related to your love for the word. And so my challenge for me for you is are we loving this word and in loving it not just loving it in, in as we've discussed throughout psalm 119 not just loving it as literature not just loving it as words on a page not just loving the idea that we've read the bible but truly loving it if you love something you will dedicate yourself to it you will you will spend hours with it you will get to know it the best you can do we love this word. And for those of you who have like experienced the peace of God and know the peace of God, and maybe in this moment you're just really sensing it. You're, you're, you're feeling your freedom in Christ. You are feeling your wholeness, that you're actually complete. You are feeling that you are accepted by God. You are knowing at this moment that you have ceased fighting with God and that you are in good relationship with Him. Give thanks. Give thanks that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks and extend that to others. Tell them, tell them of your experience. Testify of the peace that you have with God at this moment. The peace that you feel, the freedom that you are experiencing. Testify, tell others and show them. Show them the word. Show them where you get that peace. Where you have something that is not based on a circumstance that will come or go. You know what? It would be the greatest travesty. It would be a devastation if we just offered people false peace. We don't want to be like the prophets of old where, where God called them out and said, 
they cried peace, peace when there was no peace. Let's not point to things that only satisfy for a moment. Let's not just point to some good relationship advice or financial advice or health advice or church advice. Let's point to a place where there's true peace, where hostility with God can end, where freedom flows, where um, acceptance is, is there. It's only through Jesus. And so if we're not pointing people to the Lord Jesus, where are we pointing them? But to false peace. So maybe you need to hear that for yourself. Maybe you need to look in the mirror and, and, and stop yourself from believing these things that are going to satisfy you or give you a sense of peace or, or make you feel like you're supposed to feel. Look yourself in the mirror with the word of God in your mind and in your heart and in, in your hands and say, what am I trusting in? Like if I, if I don't feel the sense of freedom, this sense of ease, the sense of acceptance or wholeness in God, what am I trusting in? Where's the false idol? What, what is the thing that this word that I love needs to shatter? All these things need to shatter so that I can say, give me true peace. Give me true peace. And, and as you know, and you'll discover, it comes by you saying, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you alone. I don't trust my ways. I don't trust my heart. I don't trust my system. I trust you. I trust you and I need you right now to give me, to remind me of this peace that I have with you because of what you accomplished at, the Cal at Calvary, at the cross. What, what took place there allows my peace to come, allows my acceptance, my wholeness, my actual happiness that is not just for a moment, but forever. And to that we give thanks to God for his great peace as we love his word, we experience it, we know it, and we extend it to others. Let's be those who, who have this peace, who love this peace, and who share this peace. We will not be shaken. Let's pray. God, there are many things in this life that can shake us up. There are many uh, circumstances and situations that would just divert us or distract us or have us um, feeling like we are not whole or complete or accepted. But you have something greater. There is a great peace. A great peace. Because it is from you, the only great one, who is great and greatly to be praised. So we thank you for this peace that you offer to us through the Lord Jesus Christ and our relationship with him, which is just solely based upon our weakness, solely based upon our admission of desperation of need oh god what a great gospel we have help us to enjoy it help us to know it help us to believe it and live it and then extend it to others and testify about the peace that we have with you that only came through christ we thank you for it and we give you all the glory in christ's name amen